This is I'm Not From Here with Josh on Sin Nation. Yeah, that's right. This is I'm Not From Here. My name is Josh, and this show is all about my move to Victoria from rural WA and my quest to experience everything that Melbourne has to offer. Thanks for hanging out. Tonight's show is a big in. I've got new music from Drake, Ballpark Music and Radiohead. I have a marathon three-part interview with Melbourne comedian Dilruk Jayasinghe about the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and moving to Melbourne from Sri Lanka. And my WA correspondent Scott Martin and I discover whether WA or Victoria has the best public transport system. Well, not exactly the best transport system. I'll fully win on it when we get there. Now, though, this is from Sin's Aussie feature album this week, If This Is All We're Going To Be. From Luca Brasi, this is Dropout, and you're on Sin Nation. From Sin's Australian feature album this week, that is Luca Brasi with Dropout. Check out Sunday Sweets on Sin 90.7 every Sunday Arvo from 5pm till 7 to be the first to know the upcoming week's feature albums and Sweet 16 tracks. Eight Aussie and eight international freshly released tunes. Hey, after this, I'm going to be checking out Melbourne's public transport. Now, though, from one of the most anticipated releases of this year, Views. This is Drake with Western Road Flows. Bit of a language warning on this one. You're listening to I'm Not From Here with Josh on Sin Nation. One of them ones. From Views, that's Drake with Western Road Flows here on I'm Not From Here on Sin Nation. Now, every week, me and my WA correspondent slash brother from the same mother, Scott Martin, present the cases for WA and Victoria on a given topic and see who's the best at whatever it is. This week, we were going to do public transport, but it's hard for WA to compete with Melbourne's vast network, so I thought we could do something that would enable WA to be able to compete. So without any further ado... Here's my report on the design of the seat covers on Victoria's public transport system. So, after two episodes of I'm Not From Here, it's come to this. I'm walking down to the train station to catch the train. Not to go anywhere, not to do anything or see anyone. (laughs) I'm going on public transport to review the designs of the chairs. I've arrived at the train station. I've <laughs> just worked out that the Essendon Carlton game is on soon, and there's <laughs> so many people here. I'm going to be lucky to get a seat, let alone be able to review the design of one. <laughs> this is such a bad idea. <laughs> okay, I I was just on the train, but I quickly got off because. Uh, when I got on, I realised that it was a football special train. Headed straight to Richmond for the Carlton and Essendon game. So, as I'm sure you can understand, I didn't want to hang around on a train with Carlton and Essendon supporters for too long. I'm sure you can understand why. <laughs> so I got off at the next stop. But I did get a chance to have a seat. I sat down and I got to see the seat in front of me. I got to see the beautiful blues and greens. A lot of shapes running through it. A few weird ones. There's like an E shape. Um, didn't really seem to mean anything. And then there's also a, a Wi-Fi shape, which is really weird because I know there's no Wi-Fi signal on the trains, so I'm not sure what that's meant to signify, if anything at all. The way the chair was faded, though, it wouldn't surprise me if that design had been there long before Wi-Fi was invented. So maybe... 
maybe the seat design was there first and the Wi-Fi symbol came from the seat design. I don't know, I'm not, I'm not throwing any accusations out there, but it's just something I've noticed. Okay, I'm waiting for my second train now. I hope I can get a seat and can really get my teeth into some of the gorgeous designs they have on their seat covers. I also hope that there's not as many Essendon or Carlton supporters because ugh, I don't want to really be hanging out with those kind of people. Okay, putting aside the real good point that this is a dumb idea to begin with anyway, the the train I just got back on had the same design as the first train, which is a real letdown for me. So now I'm waiting at the station. I might go catch a tram and see if they have anything different to report. Alright, I made onto the tram now. I had to wait till after after Flinders Street to get a seat so all the Essendon and Carlton supporters would get off but I've finally got one now so I'm sitting down on a real comfy seat a real comfy green, black and yellow seat the designs of these ones are just top notch I'm <laughs> still a bit dubious about this whole thing but these ones, these tram seats are looking good I just have gotten off the tram. Uh, beautiful black, green, and yellow design. Very much resembling the, the Jamaican flag. I felt like Usain Bolt when I was sitting there looking at it flying through the streets of Melbourne. But now I've gotten off the tram. I'm not 100% sure of where I am. I'm not any percent sure of where I am. So I'm gonna wait around for the next tram and just see what happens. I found my way back to a tram now, so I'm back on the tram, still with the the green, black, and yellow beautiful design. I also found the uh, the orange priority seats, which are very similar in the look, but the colours are just breathtaking. This is such a dumb thing I'm doing. <laughs> Alright, I'm back on the train again, heading home. I think these, this, the design of these chairs are very similar to the ones I had on my first train ride, but slightly different. I'm not sure whether it's because they're faded and being graffitied and are in desperate need of a rehab upholstery job, but there's something different about them. They're nice. They're not too bad, these ones. They're no green, black, and yellow tram one, but they're fine. Now I'll be honest, I've been on the train a fair bit since I've moved over to Melbourne from Western Australia and I know that there is there is a very rare, very rare seat design which has all the names of all the train lines on it and I was really hoping to find that today but I can't find it because that one's my favourite and when I see it I'm going to take some pictures of it and I'll post them online at Twitter, Facebook and Instagram slash I'm not from here FM. You really need to see it, it's absolutely gorgeous. and is something that really deserves to be talked about in detail for minutes at a time on the radio.
Alright, I've just gotten off the train. I'm back in my suburb now. I've just realised that I've spent two hours of my Sunday afternoon riding around aimlessly on public transport just to look at the designs on the seats. <laughs> Where did it all go wrong? I could have been a lawyer. I literally could have been a lawyer. It's the rantings of a madman taking us out there. That was my report on the design of the seat covers on Melbourne's public transport. I like them. Let us know what you reckon about them. Facebook.com slash I'm not from here FM. Make sure you hang around for Scott's report on the WA designs after this. This is new stuff from Ballpark Music. It's called Nillist Party Anthem. These guys are great. You'll love them. My name's Josh and you're listening to I'm Not From Here on Sin Nation. That's brand new stuff from Ballpark Music here on I'm Not From Here. I'm so excited for their upcoming album. I've got so much faith in those guys to deliver the goods. All right, now, my WA correspondent slash my mum's second favourite son, Scott Martin, hit up Western Australia's public transport this week to help us decide who has the best seat cover designs, WA or Victoria. Here he is on Sin Nation. All aboard! Okay, so right now I'm on the Perth train going from Murdoch to Ball Creek and um, so far it's really quiet. I was actually quite surprised that this was quite empty where I was expecting it to be a little bit more full considering it's about rush hour at the moment but hey I'm pretty happy with this. It means I don't have to speak in front of a lot of random people looking at me like why does that guy look like a much more attractive version of Josh Martin? Anyway I'm sitting on this seat right now and basically what I'm noticing is quite a unique pattern where the TransPerth logo is embroidered into the seat along with a lot of other cool bright coloured patterns and I'm really enjoying sitting on here. I'm just looking at all these other ones around me and I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. There's some purple, there's some blue, some red, some orange, some yellow. It's so cool. I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm having such a great time by myself, speaking on a train, into a microphone, and I just locked eyes with a man who did look at me like, why does that guy look like a better version of Josh Martin? Spooky. And... Station, Wall Creek. That's my stop. Alright guys, we're gonna have to talk really quietly people around and I don't think they have any idea what the hell is going on. Just some weird short kid with hair that's better than Josh's, with a face that's better than Josh's, and with a voice that's better than Josh's. Just looking at this microphone and really just talking into nothing. So I'm going to try to keep this one really quiet. Anyway, on to the important parts. Um, I'm looking at the seat at the moment opposite me and man the pattern is crazy yeah i think it's got a bit of a um a sea life kind of theme i'm seeing for sure some shells some starfish some fish and then there's just some other things i have no idea what they're supposed to be in fact it actually looked a little bit dirty what one of the things does so i'm not going to go into that but um look i'm enjoying it but i think the transperth trains are much cooler because they've got their own little logo in it but hey just like the other one this is wacky to look at it's fun there are some oranges some greens some blues so while i'm enjoying it yeah i don't know if i'm enjoying it as much as the trains 
I'm going to have photos posted up onto the Sin Nation website so you can take a look for yourself, but I don't know what Josh is going to do about this one, whether who wins or who loses, I have no idea. That is our WA correspondent slash my dad's second favourite son, Scott Martin there, filling us in on the design of the seat covers on WA's public transport. Now, it's my job to pick a winner, but... They're all essentially the same, aren't they? Let's be honest. They're all equally as great as each other, is what I'm trying to say. I reckon this one might be our first draw on I'm Not From Here. If you reckon you can convince me either way, though, let me know on facebook.com slash I'm Not From Here FM. Let's head back into some music now, and boy, we've been waiting for this one for a while. This is brand new stuff from Radiohead. It's called Burn the Witch. You're on Sin Nation with Josh. This is I'm Not From Here. New stuff from Radiohead that's called Burn the Witch here on Sin Nation. My name's Josh and this is I'm Not From Here, a show all about me, a country dork from the southwest of Western Australia experiencing everything that Melbourne has to offer. Now, I didn't do anything too Melbourne-y this week, but when I first arrived here, it was perfect timing for the start of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I went to heaps of shows and had an amazing time. So I thought this week I'd sit down with Melbourne comedian and Sin alumnus Dilruk Jayasinghe and have a chat about comedy and his experiences with moving to Melbourne from Sri Lanka. We got talking and we didn't stop. So this is part one of my epic three-part interview with Dilruk Jayasinghe. I'll let Deal introduce himself. Hello, hello. I am Dilruk Jayasinghe. I am a uh, comedian, originally from Sri Lanka, and now I live in Melbourne. Came to Australia about 12 years ago. I uh, lived in Melbourne for that whole time, but I suppose in the last year or so I've been getting a chance to uh, travel around the country a fair bit thanks to comedy. Originally, I didn't come here to be a comedian. I came here to be an accountant, which I did for a brief time. I was an accountant for a fair while, and once comedy started uh, taking priority, I said goodbye to that. And now here I am at CineFM, back in CineFM. I used to do a show at CineFM. Uh, I was just telling you, Josh, off here, that uh, I think it was 2010, I did a show called Dill Conceived Notions, which <laughs> I was so excited about. What was that about? I was about comedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was just basically, I had just started doing comedy. In fact, I think by episode one, I don't think I had done a first gig yet. Oh, maybe I might have. Anyway, but it was me interviewing other comics, basically trying to learn from them. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. It was a good chance to sort of give uh, newer comedians a showcase sort of TV show, rather than like say getting more experienced people. It was like how do new people help each other out kind of thing. And I did like little radio sketches and stuff like that. Some of it's cringeworthy. Some of it was okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to be back in Sin, but in these new studios. Yeah, you're yeah. saying this one smells a bit nicer than that. Smells one. heaps nicer. <laughs> Not that I'm saying that there was anything bad with the last one. It just this one smells fresh. This is new. This this whole studio, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, you wouldn't know because you're not even you're <laughs> from here. Get out. We're full. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if we could uh, start off if you wanted to tell us a bit about your Melbourne International Comedy Festival experience this year. Yeah, uh, look, I did my uh, fifth ever comedy festival show, but my third ever solo show. So the first one was me plus three other people. Second one was me plus one other person. And then since then, I've done three solo shows. This is my... Uh, 
third and probably the most, oh, without a doubt, the most fun I've ever had performing. It was called Sri Wanka, and uh, it was just a lot of. Uh, basically, the premise was essentially a collection of stories that I'm not too proud of uh, <laughs> that I managed to put into an hour show and got it off my chest. Yeah. And uh, people seemed to like it. I, I was, I felt like it was nice to have that cathartic experience of talking about some of the more embarrassing things that have happened to me and making money off it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like a bit like therapy, but rather than you giving the slack mm. the money you're taking people's totally, money totally yeah. totally <laughs> this is a whole ruse the entire comedy scene is a whole ruse for people who have uh, issues internally a, a way to find purpose in life yeah <laughs> I do feel like that though sometimes I feel like uh, if not for comedy I would probably not be as happy as I am these days I don't yeah. know I tend to be quite jolly <laughs> yeah. From the the bits you've heard of me on, on podcasts and stuff, I'm a very happy man. Can't say I was the same guy when I was doing accounting, if I'm being honest. Yeah, right. I was definitely a different person. Oh, look, the same the, the, the same want to be uh, happy and laugh was there, but somehow accounting finds a way to smash it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, desk jobs will do that. Uh, I was going to ask, what is it about the Melbourne Comedy Festival? Because like you were saying, in mm-hmm. podcasts and that kind of thing, the comedians will say, I'm doing the Perth Fringe, Adelaide mm. Fringe, Brisbane and Melbourne. And there's a bit of a glow around Melbourne. Melbourne? Yeah, oh, what is it about this festival? Well, Melbourne's the one of the, it's one of the big three uh, festivals for comedy. So you've got the Montreal Comedy Festival, which is held in, surprise, surprise, Montreal. And uh, that is an invite-only uh, festival. That means uh, it's curated. They don't. Not anyone can just go and put a show there. You have to be invited by the organisers. It's a very, very prestigious festival. Like that festival when you go, apparently you'll see Louis C.K. or Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock just sort of walking the streets. And that that's the level it's at. Yeah. Um, then there's Edinburgh, the Edinburgh F- F- Fringe Festival. And that's a massive, massive festival. If I'm not mistaken, it's like over 2,000 shows. Like the festival guide is a thick booklet. Like it's just so many shows right. are in there and it's just a monster of a festival uh, it's got heaps of different acts and stuff like that it's not just comedy uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival somehow is still up there with those two things uh, and um, it's an open festival meaning that anyone can register it's not an invite only like Montreal and I think the reason people love it is well it is that cool thing of being able to you know you essentially do this for the love of it but it's that's it's one of those moments that you people in Melbourne, start to reward comedy. Um, what I mean by that is generally around the rest of the year, the Melbourne comedy scene is a bit tougher. There's not as much uh, paid work going around as, say, Perth. Perth, for example, is a very good uh, scene in terms of paid gigs. Melbourne struggles a bit because, you know, people are so spoiled for choice. Like, at any given time, like, during the comedy festival, there's so many great acts that they kind of go, oh, well, we'll just watch comedy during that month and that'll be it. Yeah. But the flip side of that is that during that month, they will come to see your show. And, you know, it, there's a lot more uh, interest in it. Like, then say the Adelaide Fringe, for example, uh, a lot of comics do tend to struggle. If you're not a big name act, they tend not to uh, take a punt on new comics. Whereas in Melbourne, it's not the case. Melbourne, there are people who are willing to see newer acts and, you know, take a chance on a unknown. And also there's a chance for when if there's a bit of hype or buzz around it you know there's a chance for it to ride that wave yes yeah, so I was thinking someone like uh, like Zoe Coombs Ma or mm. even the uh, True Australian Patriots guys like, yep. I, I, I would have gone and seen True Australian Patriots anyway but hearing the, the buzz from those kind of yes. guys that's what sort of gets you across the line and go totally. everyone's saying these guys are awesome totally right I, I remember I saw Zoe Zoe's show was straight on after mine in the same venue yep. and I uh, I, I remember 
uh, I gone and see her show fairly early on in the week, like the first weekend or whatever. I think I saw her, and I went, "Oh my god, I think I'm watching the best show of the festival." And then, sure enough, everyone else sort of started latching onto how great it was. And then, yeah, she ended up winning the best uh, the award for the best show in the festival. Yeah, that's great. I was going to ask as well, how is the intensity of it performing? You know, pretty much every night, and mm. like you're saying, the struggle as well with people, like whether or not people are going to rock up. Mm. How's that? How does that uh, affect you? Oh, massively. Like it, it is a f- it's a full-on month. Like, it really beats the crap out of you. Um, I personally feel lucky because comedy is something I love so much that I enjoy that bashing of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm someone who is excited every year knowing that here's a month where I get to just full-on go ahead first into comedy. Yeah. Like, I remember last year, I think it was, I did seven gigs in one day. And no way. Yeah, yeah, it was the best. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I almost, like... I was excited that I was able to do it, you know, yeah. and um, but you're running on like all cylinders, like you know, there's no time to breathe almost, especially because if you do weekend gigs, like I do some gigs uh, on Saturday, Sunday, which start at one o'clock. If you're a big Friday, you know, you don't wake up till twelve thirty, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go yeah. again, and yeah, and then then from one o'clock onwards, you're just nonstop till you know eleven o'clock at night or whatever again, and and it's so interesting how at the end of the month you're my body always just goes into shock going because I think the adrenaline pushes you through that month and as soon as it stops it goes all right buddy here's a bunch of crap you have been ignoring deal with it and just unloads it on you yeah I remember after my first festival show this is 2014 sorry first solo show I actually went to a physiotherapist like a masseuse to um, just for a normal sort of massage but then she was like oh my god what have you been doing i was like why what's wrong she goes apparently like i hold the mic with my right hand especially Uh back then i was quite would have been more stiff than i think i am i would have looked fine but actually the nerves were being so intense that when i'm holding with my right hand i must have been like clenching my ribs so much that apparently it was all bruised and my left pinky toe was all busted up because i lean on that for so long and my jaw was out of alignment because i've been grinding my teeth in my sleep and out of nerves and stuff like that so the whole body kind of really too even though physically i'm just standing on stage for an hour a day it just took its toll it's amazing yeah that's so amazing because you want to you think like you know maybe the stress that kind of like the mental stuff but the physical things of just well yeah being upright and doing that kind of thing for that long well just just tensing my muscles for a whole hour had apparently taken its uh had an impact yeah which is crazy to think about so crazy that's part one of my three-part interview with melbourne comedian dilruk jaya singer stick around after this we'll chat more comedy explore the differences between wa and victorian audiences and learn a bit more about adjusting to living somewhere new this right now though is Bubba Ganoush with a while. You're listening to I'm Not From Here and you're on Sydney Nation. Out of Brisbane, that's Baba Ganoush with A While here on I'm Not From Here on Sin Nation. Now let's get right back into part two of my chat with Melbourne comedian Dilruk Jaya Singer. Tiny bit of an accidental language warning on this one. Dil kicks us off by explaining what the MICF Roadshow is and tells us how he's been enjoying it. It's a fun thing that the festival does where they take about five comics from um, the festival and they take them to regional towns that uh, might not be able to come to the comedy festival, the Melbourne Comedy Festival itself. So, so far I've done five uh, different towns. I've got a whole bunch coming up. Mainly the big one is I'm doing three weeks in regional WA. So I think we start in um, 
Bunbury, I think. Bunbury, yeah. I think we started in Bunbury. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we, we you came to a gig that I was doing. No, I was doing it in Margaret River. Margaret River, yeah, Settle yeah, Seven. Yeah. So I'm doing Margaret River again, and then, but there's like Kalgoorlie, Karatha, uh, Esperance, yeah. like all kinds <laughs> of names that I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah, and, they're going to uh, be rough. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's three weeks of it as well. It's going to be quite full on because there's no break. You go, I mean, there's a day off maybe, but in terms of being on tour, you're on tour for the whole three weeks, you know? Yeah. So that's going to be full on. Whereas the ones I've done recently are more Victorian based. So I did like Bayswater, Warburton, uh, Pakenham, then this on Thursday I go off to Mildura and then Swan Hill and Shepparton and stuff so it's like it's a nice sort of start ease ease into it and then I'll have the WA once to yeah. really bash me around a bit <laughs> yeah so like coming from WA I'm interested to know how do the WA audiences compare to back over here in Victoria? Um, look, I haven't done too many regional stuff. The time mm-hmm. that I came, Bunbury and Margaret River, that was the first time I went outside of... Oh, no, hang on. I actually did a gig in a place called uh, Corda. K-O-O-R-D-A. So it was like a town Ooh. with only like 200 people. Yeah, I was from there. I've never yeah, heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. Like, again... Okay, to, to answer your question, what are the WA crowds like... Generally, I've found any sort of regional town, they tend to be quite excited that you're there to see, that, that you're there doing something. So there's a little bit of an extra fun factor because they're like, oh, thanks for coming to the town. This is so good. We appreciate like it's There's a genuine appreciation for it. Where I say I take a Melbourne audience again, going back to the fact that we have the festival, they're a little bit more spoiled. They're a little bit more like, oh, okay, so who's this? Oh, this is not for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's just so many things to do in Melbourne. There's like, you know, music or footy or whatever there's so many options comedy takes a backseat so it's nice when you go to a town that really appreciates you there in terms of WA uh, City the Perth gigs uh, and Fremantle uh, I reckon they tend to charge higher price for the tickets in the WA shows than they do here in Melbourne and believe it or not the more you pay the more they're excited about it again it's like the investment that they've made into it is higher, so they don't take it for granted again. I was headlining gigs where, you know, it's 30 bucks a head or something like that. Then they're just happy to come out and see something because, again, there's a lack of choice. So there's a there's an excitement around it. <laughs> yeah, coming from there, I know that feeling because, yeah, like you said, we don't get heaps of stuff. So when yeah, yeah when we get comedy or when we get bands, that kind of thing, it's yeah, really exciting. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Right? I was going to move on now to... Bugger Melbourne, exactly. The yeah, whole point yeah, I'm is, going back home, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, so I thought we might move on now to the the I'm not from here part of it. Mm. So you, like you said at the top, you came here from Sri Lanka a while ago. Yeah. Was that transition from Sri Lanka to over here in Melbourne, was that difficult? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was 19 when I left Sri Lanka and I'd lived in Sri Lanka my entire time. And my immediate family is just my brother and me and my parents. But we lived in a house with 14 other people or whatever. No, it was 14 in total or whatever because we all lived with mum's side of the family. Dad worked overseas so we could never have like the actual family unit. So yeah. mum and my brother and I, we grew up up in mum's old home with her sisters and sister's kids and it's a huge huge family that we came from and all of a sudden I'm by myself in a shoebox of an apartment in this in, in a country I'd never visited before um, got pretty lonely I won't lie but very soon I was able to kind of make some friends and I'm I'm fairly extroverted I guess is the word yep. I, I wouldn't never say I was shy I, I can be shy but also I was just like no no I'm here I need to make an effort to make some friends and I would you know push myself out of my comfort zone even though that fear of well, like oh they might not want to hang out with me I'm like oh fuck I'm just gonna oh sorry I shouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> sorry, That's all right. just so used to comfortable talking to you Joshy <laughs> yeah I just thought I'll put myself out there and um 
Yeah, and started to make some friends. And still, the first six months were tough, so I'd make friends. I'd see them out at uni, or I'd see them out when we go drinking or whatever. But I never really had the friends who you could hang out with just to hang out with, right? I'd only see them in the party atmosphere or uni classes or whatever. So that first week, six months, I was very homesick. Uh, went went home six months later, even though the original plan was to go in December. So, sorry, I started, came here in Feb, and the plan was to go back in December. But I think I left, um, I think I went on a holiday in June, because I was like, I need to to see family again. Yeah, totally. And it was really lovely. It was so good to be back home. And then once I got back, though, then I sort of had a closer group of friends. There was about eight or ten of us or something that were really tight. And then it started becoming more like home where we'd go on trips to down the beach or we'd just go to movies or just catch up for coffee or like, you know, those normal things that humans do rather than just drinking and studying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I started to do more of that and then they became really close friends of mine and then, you know, started becoming more manageable. And now, to be honest, I would find it really hard to live in Sri Lanka than Melbourne like if you gave me a choice where you would rather live I love Sri Lanka Sri Lanka is like my favorite place in the world but in terms of what I want to do with my life and in terms of the life I've set up for myself I'm much more comfortable in Melbourne now Melbourne is such an interesting place where there's something for everyone I feel no matter what you're really into whether it's sports or whether it's um, you know music or arts or comedy or whatever there's there's always something happening in Melbourne there's I feel like no matter what you, what, what type of personality you are, you'd, you'd be able to find that thing for yourself here. It's cliched, but it's a very livable city. Yeah. There's nothing I could necessarily stand out and say, for a tourist, you got to go do that. But if you're living here, I'm like, yeah, you're going to love it. Yeah, for sure. And like I guess like you're saying, with this many people here, mm. there's going to be that many niche things going on that even if you are, mm. like I said, really introverted, you'll totally. find something that you're into. Absolutely. be able to connect with people, yeah. That's part two of my interview with Melbourne comedian Dilruk Jaya Singer. Up now, I've got some Philadelphia Grand Jury, and after that, I've got the final part of my interview with Dil, where we discuss adjusting to life in Melbourne. This is the Philly Jays now, ready to roll on the Nation. They've just announced a tour. It's Philadelphia Grand Jury ready to roll here on I'm Not From Here. Let's get straight back into it. This is part three of my interview with Melbourne via Sri Lanka comedian Dilruk Singer. And to start with, he turns the questions back on to me. How many months have you been here now? Uh, it'd be about two, I think. Two yeah. months now. And have you visited Melbourne before this? I'd visited Melbourne when I was about 15 uh, for a footy trip. Oh, yeah. School, so when we Who'd you back for? Uh, West Coast, the Eagles. Ah, fair yeah. enough. Sorry, I borrowed yeah. for Hawthorne, so apologies. Uh, yeah, that, you don't have to bring that up. That's all right. Uh, oh, I, well, I don't have to, but I want to. Uh, definitely, definitely happy to. Uh, uh, that's all the time we have for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you came for a footy trip? Yeah, I came for a footy trip. It would have been oh, 2008, I think. So yeah, about then. So we came and did that for a week. That was through school. And then... Oh, 2008, another year that Hawthorne went from. Yeah, no, they, were, they were good then. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we did that, and then that's the only time I've ever spent here. And then mm. I came over here to do a bit more stuff with Sin because Sin's got such a great name, so mm. that's why I thought I'd come over here and do a bit of stuff with these guys. Oh, cool. So you're doing specifically... Oh, well, we can talk about you know, some <laughs> specifics of, of yeah, but uh, but tell me, so you're here to... Are you here to study as well? Uh, no, no. Just oh, to wow. crack into this and... Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, good yeah. on you, man. Well done. Interesting. That's, how did you find... Um, the thought process, because that's a tough uh, decision to make, you know. It's a risk in that sense of, you know, going, oh, well, I don't know what's there at the end of this road, but I need to start the journey somehow. Yeah, totally. So that was my plan. I sort of started, I had this idea about a year ago and mm. sort of tried to get into motion, but then I quickly realized I wouldn't have the funds to be able to, to support myself for, yep. uh, for long enough. So, yeah, I went and just worked full time for 
a year and has mm. built up as much money as I could to come over oh, here. Oh, well done. Yeah, I would genuinely say congratulations because that's one of the hardest things you can do is just, you know, again, obviously I went through a similar process in terms of moving from accounting to comedy was that fear of leaving something that had so much security, so much money behind it, and then going, yeah, no, I just want to try this thing that majority of people can't make a living out of. You yeah. know, a lot majority of comedians working in the country have to do a second job. And I just was like, well, okay, cool. I'm still going to have a crack and see where it ends up because I just knew deep down this is all I really wanted to do. I mean, stand-up comedy is all I really wanted to do. So putting those fears aside and making those calls, like making that decision to move from um, Bustleton to, to Melbourne is a tough one. And so congrats on making it. Oh, thanks. So, yeah, and that was the idea behind it, I thought. Especially with Sin's age limit, I thought mm. if I'm going to go, I have to go soon and right. just get into it and have a go. If it doesn't, if nothing happens, that's all right. There's always I can go back home and get a job and work again. Right, right. That's a fascinating so, yeah. thing because it's true. Like how people worry about, oh, what if it doesn't work out? Well, there's so many things. If you look back in most people's lives where they went through a hardship and at the time it felt like an impossible thing of getting through. Like, I'm mean, like, how am I going to get through this? This is so horrible. Whether it's a breakup, whether it's getting fired, whether it's whatever your life experiences are, a death in the family maybe. Uh, you know, horrible things happen and then you, at the time, feels like you're never going to figure out, you're never going to be happy again or whatever. And then you do. You eventually find a way to do it. And people worry about going, well, if I do this, what if it doesn't work out? I'm like, well, you, you figured it out before. What makes you think you won't be able to do it again? Yeah, you know? So, So unfortunately, yes, the easy option is job security or not taking those risks. And, you know, depending on your situation, whether like you've got family to support or whatever, of course, you've got to make some tough decisions. But, yeah, it's a shame a lot of people don't take that leap, you know. And how old are you now? I'm 24. 24. So you got one year of sin left. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. hang on. So if you're 25, can you still work in sin? I think you're allowed to work in sin for like the year you are 25, and then since you hit 26, you're out. Right, um, right, yeah. right. Is that? That sounds about right. Because 2011, I turned 26, and I couldn't do a show. So the show that I did on sin was in 2010 September, and um, I tried to do a second show, and they didn't let me. Yeah. Like, Please. <laughs> oh, I turned 26 in Jan. Surely it's fine. Close nah, enough. Apparently not. But then what's this is weird backstory that I keep forgetting I actually then was appointed as treasurer of sin oh really yeah yeah yeah. I was making some money decisions and yeah. uh, and it was a good thing I think I did for a couple of months but then stand-up sort of took off more than I anticipated yeah and I wasn't able to attend meetings as often as possible so I kind of told them look I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to commit to the level that I promised you guys I was going to yeah. and it was, it was an easy replacement because I was not good <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were the treasurer right now I've got these new studios there's hey, got to be some sort of a maybe leak. maybe yeah. it's got it's got to do with the financial decisions I made <laughs> that made this place now finally afford better equipment I think so, so. look I'm, uh, I'm happy to help out <laughs> yeah, gonna... basically I just all the listeners you're welcome <laughs> I wanted to finish up by asking mm. uh, if you had any tips for people who might have just moved to Melbourne like myself. Oh, yeah? Who, yeah, someone who's new to this kind of place. Uh, tips, okay. Mm. Oh, man, that's a really interesting question, I guess. If tips, if you were coming to Melbourne, what would I say? I, was, I guess it'll be something along the lines of figure out what it is that you're into and, you know, like Google where you can do that. Because, you know, even if it's 10-pin bowling or whatever, yeah, yeah. there's always got to be something. If it's like, you know, indoor soccer or, you know, whether it's gaming stuff, like there's got to be something there for everyone. So if, if you're someone who's by yourself, just moved in, I, I guess don't be afraid to put yourself out there because you're only going to just do a disservice for yourself if the longer you sort of, if it is something you want to do, if you do want to start making friends and stuff, there's a lot of catch-up groups, I believe. 
There's yeah. gr- you, I think you can Google these, uh, where basically it's just a group of strangers who are new to a town that might just want to go hang out. So some people will go like, okay, we got this catch-up group, and uh, this Friday we're going to go to the Comics Lounge uh, and watch some comedy. And then next uh, Thursday we're going to go see this movie. Like, it's just, you know... It's just a chance again with no any kind of obligation of just other than, hey, meeting some new people and just introducing yourself. And, you know, you might not become the best friends in the world, but that might lead to um, a friendship uh, or meet their friends and they turn out to be cooler than the original yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's again, yeah, it's totally tough. It's totally tough when you come to a new place and try to break out. And also, okay, if I had to give other advice, I'd say um, try not to do too many things too differently like if there is a tv show that you enjoyed watching back when you know you're home i suppose just make sure you keep watching that make sure you call if it's family or your partner or whatever i, I don't know i don't now i'm just really just sort of having random thoughts just yeah. spewing out at this minute but i guess I, i'm just trying to think of the things that i did yeah. that got me through the tough times in the first six months of moving here so what i was doing was i'd you know try and speak to my parents on skype a lot now uh, my brother who lives overseas as well i remember finding a lot of comfort in my favorite tv show friends yeah i was watching a lot of that so so I, I guess there's a bit of that. And yeah, just sort of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, going, okay, look, going to chat to this group of people is uncomfortable because that's not what we're designed to do because we're self-preservation and protection of ourselves means, oh, we should not talk to strangers or whatever. Yeah. But see if you can push yourself out of the comfort zone and try and find the groups that you might be able to, to be friends with. Like a friend of mine, he was into bridge and he found a bridge club and, you know, yeah, found right. some friends from that, you know. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's sort of halfway between putting yourself out there mm. but not cutting ties completely and having a bit of consistency with what you had before to sort of keep you I think you so. Saying. I yeah. think so. Unless, unless, of course, you are running away from something that you want to, you know, forget about. I mean, there are people who, you know, leave home or whatever because of more sort of darker reasons so obviously then if that's the re- if you're running away from something rather than running to something then i guess yeah maybe it's bad advice to keep <laughs> yeah. latching onto the darkness but if one piece of advice i guess is don't don't be afraid to push yourself out of the comfort zone because as uncomfortable as it is at the time it, the rewards for it are there afterwards which is you know going off oh, why was i worried about this at all you know this is my best friends now is because i went so like okay if i'm being honest one of some of my close friends like for the last 12 years that I've been here, my best friends, are purely because, you know, I saw a group of them and I just went, all right, I'm going to start talking to these guys, going, hey, you know, my, my name is Dill, I'm from Sri Lanka, I've just only been in the country for a week or whatever, do you mind if I, you know, sit and chat to you guys? I'm like, yeah, 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 calm down. And they became my best buds. That's so cool to see. Mm. I had that confidence to just go. Well, not com- yeah. See, confidence does sound is probably the appropriate word, but I don't want to make it seem like I'm someone who does who's comfortable doing that sort of thing. Right. It was having to push myself a lot, going, "All right, just give it a crack. Why not?" You know. Otherwise, I'm just going to be at this bar drinking by myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's quite funny now, considering the desperation to find friends back then considering now given what i do with stand-up it's essentially it's quite social you're always out at a comedy club with your friends you know now when i have some downtime all i want to do is not talk to people (laughs) (laughs) all i want to do is like i love going to movies by myself i love going to a nice restaurant and eating by myself because i'm like oh i just get to be with myself today oh thank you oh well I don't know, like talking to people, but thanks so much for talking to Mate, me today. No, 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 no,
if you do it six nights of the week, on the Sunday, you just want to shut down. Yeah, no worries. Oh, thanks so much for joining. My, my so, pleasure. Really Anytime. Anytime. Good luck with your life here in Melbourne. I hope you love it as much as I do. Oh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. No worries. That's the third and final part of my interview with Melbourne comedian Dilruk Jaya Singer. Thank you so much, Dil, for hanging out with me during the week and for sharing some really interesting points about comedy and adjusting to life in Melbourne. You can find Dil at Dilruk J, D-I-L-R-U-K-J, on Twitter. That's just about all the time we have for tonight. We've had a big one, though, from the marathon chat with Dill to discovering who cares about the design of seat covers on WA's at Victoria's public transport. Let me know what you reckon about anything we've covered tonight. Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.com slash I'm not from here FM is where to find us. And just quickly, we're on iTunes now too. So if you joined us halfway through, search for the I'm not from here podcast on there. All right, I'm going to leave you now with some modern baseball. This is Apple Cider, I Don't Mind, and you're on Sin Nation. Catch you next week.